0: And I think Brittany Higgins said recently um, that it's bizarre or terrible to be famous for the worst moment in your life. But equally, look how much change they have made. Like they are really shifting the narrative and making real tangible (laughs) legislative change. Like that's unbelievable.
1: To reason with someone is to motivate them to do or accept topics, ideas, and issues through discussion and having conversations. This podcast is about the relationship with ourselves and the relationship with others, finding our stability in our self-worth, and how do we actually be in healthy relationships. We find this out through connection, compassion, and communication. Reach out, connect with me, like, subscribe, comment, I want to unpack whatever it is that we can to really get to the nitty and gritty of finding out how do we get better in ourselves and how do we get better in our relationship. Hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. No, no, no. Rough on him now.
0: No, he needs to know. I just want to feel real love.
1: Feel the home that I live I still. Remember me before you just have Three two one Reason with me podcast welcome back. This week was International Women's Day and I decided to have my best friend and incredibly powerful woman come and join me for a fun chat. Matilda is the founder of the Georgie Collective, a safe space for curious women to connect and grow. The Georgia Collective is built in tribute to Matilda's best friend who passed away after a long battle with depression. The Georgia Collective runs workshops both online and in person and is growing rapidly. It's business chicks without the hustle culture, less girl boss and more growth partners focused on your holistic health and connection. Super excited. Lots of fun. Check it out. All right, Matilda Coy, welcome to the podcast. I am so fucking excited that you're here.
0: Thanks for having me, Jackson.
1: (laughs) So this week, which really becomes redundant because anyone can listen to this whenever, but what it happens to be this week when recording is International Women's Day. And who better to come on than one of my best friends, Matilda Coy, and... Speak about all that shit. So keen to have you. Let's start by you telling me who the hell are you and what do you do?
0: Um. Okay. So if it depends on what context we met in. If we met socially at a party, I think I would say, you know, I'm a student of life who loves exploring and connecting with people, a working progress, you know like ever-evolving feminist, and then if I met you in a more networked environment,
1: yeah. I reckon
0: yeah. I would talk about my purpose, which is really my business um, named the Georgie Collective, which is an all-women, um, female-only community space, which is kind of a safe space for women to connect and grow and obviously worth mentioning that it is inclusive of trans women
1: and non-binary as well amazing and I know you've had a few events and I mean the feedback was pretty cool that I heard. and yeah I guess there were we're a start of something really cool and really big and I'm I'm really excited to see how it sort of takes off can you talk to me like what has it been so far what's the sort of journey been It's been pretty wild. I basically
0: like had this idea and sat on it for about six months. And I don't know. I mean, it was probably an amalgamation of stuff, whether it was just imposter syndrome or fear of failure or, Mm. I mean, a combination of stuff. But I was really stagnant. Like I couldn't tell anyone. I didn't tell my closest friends for about six months to a year that I wanted to like start my business. Mm -hmm. I was all very secretive. Mm-hmm. with nothing to lose like at that point I, I had left my job and you know I had I really had nothing to lose and still was not able to talk to my closest friends about it so it was kind of a quiet thing for a couple of months and then in lockdown I kind of got to this point where I was like really missing connection as everyone was mm-hmm. and was like I've got no excuse. I have got no excuse why not to. It's not like I've got a full plate um, and everyone's bored. So I did like a soft launch in lockdown in July last year and then did another couple of online and then did my first in-person event in December, snuck it in right before everyone got really cooked with COVID, (laughs) including myself.
1: (laughs) Everyone got (laughs) weird. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. But I think the thing that's actually been wild, and I'm still, I did like a digital activation um, for International Women's Day. We can talk about that or we can not talk about that. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's been really wild and what I'm learning is because my story and the purpose of the business is built on such vulnerability, Mm -hmm. I'm now learning that I need to factor in honestly, like a couple of days to a couple of weeks after an event, because it's like pretty full on telling my story and like what I want to do. And even this event that I did for International Women's Day, I'm like exhausted afterwards. And it's not even me in the forefront talking. It's like a pretty much like do the work, set and forget, but I'm still like exhausted from writing about it and telling the story and marketing it. So I think that's a really good learning because it's such a high when you're in the room and you're connecting with these women you're getting this feedback but it's then making sure i have those self-care components in place mm. for the like emotional come down really yeah,
1: yeah well i guess that's that's the thing it's like so you're being so vulnerable and you are like it's just pouring your heart out because you're so passionate about it that you know, I wouldn't expect anything else from you is just like giving it 120% and just Mm. trying to do the best you can for to be able to create a community and create a a space Mm. for for women that, you know, really isn't, there isn't, what you're doing, there's not a lot of it, which is Mm.
0: great. Yeah, I think like there's, um, there's very like corporate, um, networking like how to get a pay rise how to hustle yeah. you know and I think that there's there's a level of like toxicity to that as well like mm. people have burnout like especially after the last couple of years that we've had there's not really this like hey we're actually here about connection and about mm. women's empowerment through community because that is the thing that makes it different and that's you know what motivated me in starting it was just that connection mm.
1: yeah and I think that. I mean that's why it aligns so well with me, and I love when we have our chats and 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 connect and just talk about like the plans and the goals and what's missing um, mm. for people. And there's so many things externally, like you said, the people are chasing. Whether it's all all genders, like it's just that's what people are chasing is external right. shit: their appearance, their status, their, mm-hmm. their money, uh, their career. You know all that mm. shit, and it's you know how much connection is there in that? How much connection to the self is there in that? And yeah, I just come back to a place I can like land and regenerate. I guess mm. is what's been missing, definitely for the last couple of years. But I would say right within that.
0: And those pressures aren't like opt-in pressures; they're like m- mandated societal pressures that we're feeling, like yeah. the talk about your pay and like, you know, all of that, that that's not an opt-in. I don't sit there and go, oh, I really want to like talk about getting 20 more, like 20 grand more in my work. It's like that's just inherently the conversations that you're exposed to and body image, like, you know, we're getting Mm. better, like we're getting to a more positive place with that and especially with these like movements about like body neutrality and, you know, there's a lot, it's getting richer but it's not, you don't opt in. Like it's just you're exposed to so much toxicity all the time that mm. it's easy to lose sight of how important in-person, real-life connection is.
1: Right. We take it for granted, but it's then the the, the, the one of the things that's first to go, the first thing that we lose. Right. Yet it's the key to all those other external things. like. Mm. We can't come back to yet yeah, unity or community or our people. Mm. Then like one, what the fuck's it all worth? But then two, it's like, well, how am I gonna get back up and go again if I can't come home to whatever that means for you, come home to the people mm. that, that pump you right back up. Right. Yeah. Right. So that that comes from a pretty like I guess emotional but also pretty big big story from how this sort of all got created so this has been you know I think you've told me and I'm probably speaking for you which I'm, I'm sorry <laughs> but you've wanted to do something for a really long time and mm. and now have landed with that but yeah I guess I'm curious to know where that where did this begin and end What's kept the connection drive going?
0: Yeah, I think there's lots of little sparks that are flying in my brain right right now. I think that all of them. (laughs) They might be like a bit scatty, but you'll be able to help me (laughs) bring them in. Um, So it would be remiss of me to not actually explain the name, the Georgie Collective. So the Georgie Collective is named as a tribute to my best friend, um, a friend of mine from school who passed away a few years ago, four years ago in December, um, she had a, like a long battle with mental health and depression and um, eventually took her life. And obviously there was a long grieving process um, for that journey. Um, and then I got to a point where I had wanted to start something that was Women centric, because I've had all these, you know, powerful women in my life, either by example or by, oh, I don't want to do that. I don't want that to happen to me, um, influence the woman that I am and am becoming. And I kind of am at this very lucky, in this very lucky position of always having connections with women of a very diverse group like ages races like I'm just very very privileged in that position in that I have friends who are in their like late 50s who I go out for coffee with and just have lunch with and whatever as well as you know people that are 18 and I think that that's not necessarily something that everybody has and I am very thankful for that so that's kind of why I've been able to connect all of these women at these events because I need that you need that intergenerational connection and community to build um, especially for real authenticity. Like you can't just have, you know, oh, this is just for my group of friends. Like it needs to be pushing the boundaries. Mm. Um, In terms of like how I've been able to like keep motivated and do it, like I don't really have an answer because it honestly is like an everyday thing. the real catalyst for me actually being able to launch after that six months of quiet was like there have been a plethora of times in my life where I should have gone to therapy. I knew it at the time and I know it in hindsight. Like I look back and I go, "Yeah, that would have been good. Yep, yeah, that would have been good. There's yeah. like so many times. Yeah. And interestingly, the 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 straw that broke the camel's back was starting my business. Like I couldn't talk to anybody about it because I was like crippled with anxiety that didn't actually affect, like I, it was livable. Everything else I could hold down a job, I could have a social calendar, I could do all this other stuff, but I couldn't talk to anybody about my business because mm. it was a point of vulnerability. Yeah. So that was really like the catalyst. I was like I need to do something about it because it's really selfish for me to have this idea and just be like, oh, no, I'm scared. Yeah. So oh. I did it and bit the bullet. And I'm practising what I preach now. You know, I always, like, when people talk to me about their problems, I'm like, that's really hard. Yeah, I can help you to this extent, but then I, you need a professional. And then I would be, like, not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that now that that they're, they're kind of, like, the main components to how I'm doing this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but the, i love that because like that's what creates the authenticity right like not that everyone has to go through something in order to you know prove themselves and and you know do the work but like the the fact that it's like the, the it comes with the vulnerability vulnerability and authenticity mm-hmm. allows you to kind of be like this is where what shows my purpose what shows my motivation right. what is my drive and that everyone has their their shit, and everyone has their journey right. and they, they come to be with whatever they're deciding mm. to step into and yeah. yeah you're right maybe without that you wouldn't have been able to yeah how I look at it is like and it's the same for me the more I worked on myself the more I was available for others but without it I'd be completely hopeless and right not being able to like I'd just be chasing my tail and mm. that how can we be authentic if we're like Catching up for ourselves and and still, yeah, like denying stuff or, or not. Mm. Stepping into it's also good to
0: have someone who's like not biased hold you accountable, because. Well, yeah. you know, I would speak to you, Jackson, and your advice. Like, you know me like mm. very, very mm. well. <laughs> <laughs> so the advice that you give me, as much as it's like professional, is also. Like, you're my friend. So, yeah. having somebody that's like accountable, that holds you accountable rather, and has no invested interest in like making you feel good. I mean, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> like, they want you to feel good, but they're not like, I'm, gonna, I'm a straight shit. I'm a straight yeah. shit.
1: Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, you're right. I think that's it. It's like, you will in one part you can hear it a thousand times from from certain people and everyone I think that's that like sometimes I see it as like toxic positive psychology where it's like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you get it you'll get it like just mm-hmm. you know just like pick up your you know your slacks and fucking go at it or good like, vibes only yeah 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 you go girl like fucking hell. like that <laughs> like the, the, that can be okay to an extent but it's like when you step into those vulnerable conversations, you step into that authenticity, people, right. and then ask that to certain people. And I re- appreciate that we've had so many talks because it helps me be accountable. Like, oh my god, with having deep conversations, I got to show up. I got to be authentic, and um, mm. you know, and that that realness I think is definitely helped me when we talk. But um, mm. definitely gives us. But sense. then,
0: for you, Jackson, how do you separate from it? from well from like you know it's your profession you're obviously a very generous and empathetic person so Mm. it's like obviously it fills your cup but then it would also you know like take energy out of you so it's like how do you find that balance
1: well I mean I've been at uh, whose podcast is this (laughs) (laughs) I just want to have a chat Let's just let's just vibe, man. Let's vibe it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, I mean, I I'm really open about it now, and I think that holds me accountable. Firstly, but mm. dude, I, I I I um I call you dude. Sorry, um, I'm not sorry. Uh, <laughs> let me, anyway, okay, let's move on. The the thing for me is I ran into the situation in my life where. Yeah, I was at a crossroads, and I couldn't, I couldn't fix any. I couldn't fix the person that I wanted to fix, and I thought that that was my purpose was to fix people right. and help people, and that broke me. And I sort of stepped into therapy, you know, similar to you. When I was like, "Oh my god, I want to be a therapist, and I can't fix someone. Like, I'm a phony," you know. <laughs> and the feedback from this therapist, and it's crazy because I went in going, "I want to." I want some tools to fix someone else. And that's like that's just 101. Don't say that <laughs> when you right. red flag. You know, it's like, well, he's not willing to look at himself. And I wasn't. I didn't realize that there was anything to look at. I just thought something's um defected in me and I can no longer be a counselor. So it threatened my whole life, firstly. Um, I was in a very dark place, but wow. then it also threatened um my career and what I, what I thought I was going to be. So I learned very, very quickly from there um, that it, it, could, it couldn't just be about giving and giving and, giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and, you know, getting my worth and my needs met through that. Like it came back mm. to, hey, the more you actually look at yourself and uncover well, where the hell does all this come from and what the hell is going on for me, where does my worth actually lie and why do I keep mm. fucking up relationships? Um, that that actually allowed me to to put in a put in place this ability to have a bit more balance because it stopped becoming um all all I would do was care and give and look after others. And it became about you're gonna burn out. And I've burnt out in the past. Like you'd think you'd learn mm. lessons, but you get blindsided by stuff and I and I have right. and you know i go back into that default i've got to do what i've got to do i've got to do everything and then um slowly uh put my blinders back on and yeah struggle so at the end long long answer thank you so much for your question um but um like today for example like i ran a trauma group and it was hectic and it was big and i came back and i got home and i laid on my bed and you know it was a couple hours until we had this and i was like well, all right, what do I need to do now? And I just was like, you don't need to do anything. You just need to lay there because mm. I'm, my cup's empty and I've got to go up and do it all again tomorrow. So I go, mm. this is how I stay balanced. If I don't look after me and put me first all the time, I won't actually be able to do what I want to be able to do. And then I lose my authenticity yeah. and I lose my ability to really connect because I lose mm. connection with myself. Wow. Any more questions? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. Well, now that we're on uh, Matilda Clay's podcast, um yeah, you wow. should do a, you should do a podcast, man. I think the Georgie collective has so much potential. Like I think holding a mm-hmm. space for women in in a way that's not just about all the things that they can do and all the things mm-hmm. that they can. I, I think that's the point. It, we become human doings and not fucking human beings, and you're not right. holding space for people to do more. Mm. You're holding yeah, space people to yeah, that all.
0: And look, Jackson, the podcast is on the radar. Yeah, it's yeah. like on yeah. the it's in sights. Oops. It'll happen. It'll definitely happen because I also love the like I love podcasts, like it's pretty much exclusively listen to podcasts rather than music. And I'm a fiend for podcasts because I love being like you get to tap in to when you get to listen to it. And it also gives access, like this podcast, Jackson, gives access to conversations around connection and vulnerability to people that wouldn't necessarily have access to it all the time. You know, so I think it's a really incredible inclusive mode of communication, um, and my mom bought me a podcast mic, so I'm basically, I'm almost there.
1: so <laughs> <laughs> close. What's it called again?
0: Blue Snowball.
1: It's the Blue Snowball.
0: <laughs> that was a default name. Like, I would name it something chica, like Pink Snowball.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd change it just slightly to a different colour that I love. Yeah, no, that's fair. Original. Classic. Yeah. Q. I love it. Thank you.
0: Oh, I know my brand.
1: <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. So, fuck, yeah, this is fun. So the idea of self-worth is ongoing, um, <laughs> if I can bring it back to that. Um, what what Like, you've told me a little bit about what it's been like to keep going, but can you tell me a little bit more on what, how do we work on it? How do you work on it?
0: It is honestly like a daily practice. Um, And I notoriously overcommit as well. And I think like a little bit of chaos, I think I draw it in a little bit. um, Mm. And overcommit a lot, perhaps. Um, So I think that self-worth and like self-love, or you know, however you want to frame it, for me is a like a tightrope of trying to find that balance, like trying to find the balance of like, I am, I love connecting with people and I am invigorated. Like I'm an extrovert. So could be with people 24 seven. But what I think that I didn't understand was because I can be with people 24 seven doesn't mean that I don't need to also be alone. Mm. So having that alone time is like something that's really important to me. Um, Making sure I have connection with females because I mean, I have obviously a beautiful partner and a beautiful group of friends, both uh, like across all genders, but I do really have a connection with women in particular. I think it it just I always have had that. Like I grew up with a single mum who also overcommits like me. So, I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree there. But um, I think just having that figure, so important and so close means that I think that that's, like, I naturally gravitate towards those kind of, like, female mentors, female friends. Like, that's something that is actually self-love for me. Yeah. And really, like, the therapy thing is a really big piece. I know it's a cliche, but it's like a really, it's a cliche for a reason, dude. Like, it's so helpful. And even if you just go and have the appointment, you're like, yeah, I'm actually really good. Like, I, this is a waste of time. Yeah, Apparently, there will be something.
1: That's the best. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'll pay you later for that little, um, what do they call it? <laughs> flex. flex the promo. How good <laughs> therapy? Um, no, no, no. I won't be paying until She She said that her own accord Oh. Um, be <laughs> Oh. oh, oh I take it out of Oh, it. we
0: didn't talk about this.
1: Yeah, shit. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, for a cliche, man. I think that's the thing that gets us well. And when we go when we're well, it's like this is the best time for me to get better when I'm well. Mm. Um, so, yeah. yeah, I love that. And I love the, you know, th- there has to be importance in in the self, and that can be a hard thing as an in- extrovert is, oh, no, I've got to be alone, um, yet it's mm. so needed. Um, but then, yeah, I take my uh, – invisible hat off to you with how incredible the connections that you have they're not just uh yeah good thanks how are you people in Mm. your life like you have some really incredible friendships with Mm. many people and i admire that
0: well i also think like in your last episode jackson you guys were talking about um kind of the notion of like don't ask how somebody is if you're not there to have the answer, like if you're not there to have the real conversation. So, like, instead of just being like, oh, hey, how are you? And in the context that you guys were talking about, it was, you know, um, oh, I'm sorry that person had cancer. So it was then instead of doing the follow-up of, oh, how was that for you? People just go, oh, I'm sorry. And I think that really struck, 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 striked, struck a chord. <laughs> you
1: can edit that out, right? <laughs> that. Um. striked whatever (laughs) I get what you mean maybe no Um,
0: one else no I mean yeah hopefully um accord with me because it's like I my first instinct was 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 to ask oh are you how are you doing or how are they doing are you coping rather than just like oh I'm sorry yeah so I think that that and like that's so insightful because I think a lot of people just go, oh, sorry, and, like, shy away from that conversation because it is, like, really daunting and no one really knows what to say. But my kind of approach to any conversation is, like, yes, I'm going to say the wrong thing, but if you have conversations based on the right intention, like if my intention is to learn and not to upset somebody or, you know, say the wrong thing or, you know, uh, hurt anybody's feelings, but if your intention is, Oh, no, I'm really trying to connect with you. And mm. I, that whatever action comes out of that, I can sleep knowing that I engage in a conversation with the right intention. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's what it all comes back to for me. And that's why I can, like, I honestly, that helps me sleep. Like, I live a life of intent mm. and that helps me sleep.
1: Yeah at night it's authentic i was in my integrity i was being true to myself today tick sleep tonight you know um right which is amazing this has just sparked a thought for me um and i don't know if this might give away you know some exclusiveness to what happens in the the georgia collective events but it's reminded me of i mean obviously i wasn't there but i've heard on the grapevine of the way you are able to bring connection in a different way for people um when they first introduce themselves and you took it away from the the boring norm mm. i don't know if you can talk to that if it gets too much <laughs> right away you know
0: well i think that, that my kind of insight was that we rely on a rolodex of questions that i actually can be quite toxic. And I do it, we all do it. But one of the common ones that that is normal, inverted commas, whatever that means, is mm. what do you do for work? Yeah. And I think that that is actually when you think about that critically, like that is a really isolating question. Because what about people that choose not to work? What about people that have worked themselves and then have burnout and had to take time off? a large part of the population just don't want to talk about work. Like they're not happy in work or they don't want to be defined by it. Like there are so many reasons why. And I was in a position previously where I I wasn't happy in my job. And anytime someone asked me like, what do you do for work? I actually felt my body change. Like I would slump yeah. and be like, oh, well, oh, I, oh, it's just this. It's just this. And I think that is also quite a common thing for women to do. Oh no, no, it's just, I don't want to take up space. I don't want to talk about this. Um, It's not, I'm not defined by it. And if you reframe the question or reframe multiple questions and what takes up most of your time, Mm. that's a very different answer because I have the choice to go, oh, I'm actually doing a volunteering program or, oh, I'm doing my masters or, you know, like you get a choice in how you define yourself, the way you want to what foot you want to put forward, and how you're how you're setting up this connection, that's not what you do for work. And I'm not talking from like a high horse because it's hard to break that barrier. Like really? I would still do it; it's like very easy. But I consciously am trying to break that habit because it's not an inclusive question, um, and there are a lot of questions that we ask that are not inclusive. It's, it's um, so.
1: It's so- common that it actually it's like I don't know how do I say this it's like a pleasantry like it's Mm. expected to be asked which which actually for me is not intentionally to connect it's like this Mm. is my attempt at awkward situation or like I'm trying to be curious about you but I don't know how to properly do that and this question is going to be this is not going to hit hit the mark, hit the mark, but we Mm. don't, we don't have other choices. And I think that's beautiful. Like it's the way you ask that it's such a different way. And it's so much more um, open for people to choose, but so much more inclusive. But then also it's like, if you say that to me like at a party or at dinner or at a networking event, I'll be like, how fucking refreshing, you know, you actually care as well because Mm. you could have just asked, what do you do for that? I hate
0: like mm. Yeah, yeah, and like it's it's hard because small talk is a skill that sure. you can learn and you can get better at. But mm. it's I find it like when I'm even still like trying to make connections or you know filling in that gap, you're kind of thinking about the next question, and if you're not actually present and listening, then they can tell. And if you go, you know, uh oh, what do you do for work, and then you're not really listening to that that answer, and they go. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. What type of law? You're not actually listening or gaining anything from all of the social cues that they're offering you. And obviously I'm not an expert. This has just come from my experience um, in this space. But often when you say, what do you do for, Oh, what takes up most of your time? People don't really know how to answer that. And they go, Oh, for work, I do this like, Oh, I work. So it's a, it's a shift that's required from both parties as well.
1: 100%. And I think that's, that's where I know you're moving towards. Um, and, and, and definitely this is what this podcast is trying to do and, and my Instagram is trying to do is, is change, just change, just change the way that we, that we do things. We're all so ingrained. And we've been doing it for literally as long as we can remember. Like what do you do at lunchtime? what do you do at recess <laughs> what do you have for what do you have a new lunchbox like we've been doing it, we've been doing this as little buzz, you know yeah I think, like that's going to take heaps of time to change because we're so programmed <laughs> mm.
0: but it's also jackson like it's about challenging not necessarily changing like there's gonna it's gonna come from like over time just individuals making these kind of changes and i'm not saying don't be inquisitive like it's important to be inquisitive and that's how you connect but it is just like challenging like oh why am i thinking like that or why did i ask that question and is there a way that i can reframe that in a way that's like more inclusive um i also think that this is like very topical at the moment because obviously i mean i've people can listen to this whenever, as you said, but we've just had International Women's Day and Mardi Gras and it's a really important time to be challenging the expectations. Like Mardi Gras is notoriously, I mean, obviously it's a great time, but notoriously brands virtue signal and do their like rainbow capitalists like I'm just going to change and put a couple of rainbows here but it's like but what systemically are you doing as an organization to support LGBTQI plus rights like what are you actually doing and similar with International Women's Day it's not enough to just have a cupcake on your desk on International Women's Day and then not be paid the same or not have visibility about what your male counterparts are being paid Mm. So it it is like it's a really, I mean, it's constantly a, a topic that's worth talking about and worth challenging and kind of thinking critically about why is that and, like, can we change that and what can I do even on, like, a tiny scale that will change that or make an impact, even if it's just for me or the people around me or, you know, it doesn't need to be, like, a massive change because it is going to take time, but it's just shifting the way you think.
1: Yeah. And 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 as you're speaking, like what comes up for me is like I'm gonna try and say what you said just as profoundly. Um but more gonna,
0: profoundly, like, Jackson. Maybe,
1: maybe. Um but definitely I think it's like we, we've got these groups. We've got groups and we've got um organizations and days, and you're right, like people come together for it. Mm. But I think what's gonna help and I love that you you say challenge rather than change, uh, which will inevitably create uh, long lasting Mm. changes is when we challenge is, is that it's, it's, it's the type of connection. If we connected more as a group in these platforms or these organizations or or these international days or whatever, and, and, Mm it was really meaningful and purposeful connection, which I'm sure there are events for, and I know that there are, but collectively there's not, you know, it's mm. definitely not broadcasted. Like here is actually mm-hmm. what we're doing. Take the time out. Like Channel 9, don't go. It's International Women's Day. Look at the woman next to you and have a deep and meaningful conversation about <laughs> why, you know, we need to be better uh, men and mm-hmm. why we need to be better women. Like that's mm-hmm. not what the message is. So the connection will be, for me, the the answer to actually have the ability to challenge properly more people mm. that believe in the cause because the cause was said to them in a way that was powerful and right. meaningful. Does that make sense?
0: Mm. Definitely. And I think that that's why it's such an exciting time to be living in because it's not enough to just have, like, visibility. It's like, well, what, what are you actually doing beneath the surface, beneath that social post? What are you mm. actually doing? that's making tangible change or that's not just like having, you know, visibility is obviously important, but I think we're at a stage where you need to go deeper than visibility. Like you need to go deeper than visibility and representation. You need to be actually making tangible change or, you know, or having, I mean, I don't even know how to say this, but I, I guess it is just like being transparent with with how you're trying to make change as an organization because often i mean i went to an event for international women's day and it was in a big law firm and they would have spent thousands thousands of on making the carpet purple and putting purple signs everywhere and it was like you walked in and a few years ago i would have been like wow this is amazing But now I looked at it and I was like, this is thousands of dollars that could have gone to Wayjeck, that could have gone to an actual organization. This is just like flashing money that I don't respect. And I think that that's only kind of changing now, which is really exciting.
1: It is exciting. It's like I got the flashy carpet so that we can have connection today and talk about this rather than be like, Mm. hey, thanks, everybody. You guys are all great. Like, yeah, (laughs) what what is the what brings it? The memorable part of it, besides the flash, you know, what do we mm. take away? Before, besides, like, I love the cupcake that had IWD mm. on it. You know, yeah. what, do it, you what
0: about? Yeah, but it's also like in in terms of Mardi Gras. Not what do we like? Not only what do we take away from it, but like, what do the people on the ground who are actually like experiencing <laughs> inequality? I mean, and it, it's the same. It's the same kind of like message for international women's day but it's like what are you actually doing for the people on the ground rather than just that's virtue signaling
1: yeah i think it's really a really a good thing to start challenging more and it is exciting because i do think i mean th- this year felt different for me i don't know as a woman what it felt like for you It did feel different for me
0: Oof. <coughs> Oofed. preach this <laughs> Oof, yeah, Frank Jackson. Snaps, babes. Can <laughs> you hear
1: that? I Is hear that me.
0: good podcast audio?
1: Yeah, yeah, Snaps. that's going to really chuck it up. But yeah, anyway, thanks for the clicks.
0: <laughs> it's, it's an incredible time to be a woman. Like Brittany Higgins and Grace Tame, and Chantel who's done all the work around consent like there's just it's a really incredible time to be a woman equally it's like there's a long way to go but we're all kind of like uniting and I keep saying visibility but it's like we're talking about things that we would never would have spoken about before and I think that's really gutsy and I think that that's really hopeful You know, and I can't even imagine, like, the sacrifice that those women have made to go public with their story in light of it being a bigger purpose. Like, they've gone public with, and I think Brittany Higgins said recently um, that it's bizarre or terrible to be famous for the worst moment in your life. But equally, look how much change they have made. Like, they are really shifting the narrative and making real tangible legislative
1: change like that's unbelievable that, that's unbelievable that just gave me unbelievable all the goosebumps ah consent man With we get we weekends that's not talking about consent with our kids that's crazy that's mm. why the hell didn't that happen sooner but thank the lord we have these women that this has happened now um and you're so right yeah. it is a massive sacrifice But Jackson,
0: even like for us, right, like even for our age group, like uh, consent has only been something and I might have just missed the boat on this, but like consent has only been something that's been part of the narrative for the last couple of years. Like it wasn't even a thing at school. It wasn't a concept. Like it was like a... Yeah, it wasn't ever a conversation or something to even understand or apply or learn about. It was just, yeah, which sounds actually really
1: devastating. Yeah, it is a bit hectic. Like everyone has their story of when they learned about sex for the first time, but Mm. I don't think I learned about, barely learned about sex, but I definitely didn't like, consent wasn't thrown around as well. No. That would have been a lot. That would have been mm-hmm. well done, Beaumont Road. Shout out, Beaumont Road. In, uh, was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that would have been a lot. <laughs> would have been a lot. But so, then
0: there's this stupid shit. Am I allowed to swear?
1: You've I yeah. swear. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's
0: this stupid shit like the bloody milkshake ad, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, you're joking. Like, that, and also yeah. what, I mean, I shouldn't mm. laugh, but what makes me laugh about that is, like, I know, I, like, know what it takes to make an ad because i used to work in making ads. Yeah. The amount of people that would have signed off on that creative and that script is just absolutely like it is shocking. Like and it's a government ad so it had a it would have had a big budget. You know, it's just wild.
1: They took it down, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they took it down. Well, but also, fine. what about those poor young actors like you're
1: are like, they going to be able he? to get jobs again? You're like, what do you want me to do? Oh, fuck. Well, the Milky Bars are on bloody oh, Jacko. Uh, now. Damn, now. Bloody Just go, for the win. <sighs> um let's not get into that jesus Christ.
0: no 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 no
1: um, no no no
0: i really feel like i'm derailing your podcast this is
1: fantastic this is the this is the vibe i wanted to go for which might lose followers, but it might gain something um, <laughs> it,
0: might, it might i'll be held accountable that's fine i'll take that
1: what are you saying like i'll still listen like sweet number one fan um <clears throat> so we've got consent what i want to hear from you put you on the spot is what else would be really important for our little girls and our little boys to be learning as they grow up into the future for our society? Mm.
0: It's a huge question, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Towards
1: the end. Sorry for throwing that out (laughs) there. Little (laughs)
0: old me is probably not going to answer that correctly. But my thing is just creating the space. So, and really listening because no two people's experience is the same. I also know there's this notion of like men of quality value equality and we're not going to reach a point of equality if there is this, if there is toxic masculinity and there are these pressures because men need to be able to be, have vulnerable conversations and have support as well. And I think that taking up space and really valuing and appreciating vulnerability rather than like pushing it away. So when someone like opens up yeah. being like, wow, I really th- like, thank you so much for taking the time. Like I really appreciate that you've done that. And I've had to do a lot of this training, which has been great for um, cause I'm doing this volunteer program with Wayjack, which is the women's and girls emergency center in Redfern. And they give you all this trauma informed training. And it's been yeah. really enlightening because I think, thought I was like pretty good at having conversations and connecting with people. Mm-hmm. But it's been really enlightening because it's made you kind of like rewire the way that you think and go, okay, well, my normal response to this would be, you know, if someone's running late, like, oh, this is really frustrating. Like I'm really busy. Um, but it, instead you kind of go, oh, I don't know what's going on in their life. Like that's, you know, they've they're doing their best. And I think that like having that value in vulnerability is really important and just being like just be devil's advocate like just be like oh well maybe this has happened maybe this has happened like just, oh, i'll just give them the benefit of the doubt like when anything happens that's so the way that i'm like now thinking about life um and i think that that's really going to help like the next generation beneath us but also the next generation beneath us are like unstoppable really? they are Fierce. Like they are having conversations that I could never have dreamed of. Mm. And that's why, like, we can support, we need to be able to be there and support them and, like, create the spaces and have the conversations. And, but they are fierce, like, fierce, fierce, fire,
1: fierce.
0: Fire, fierce. Fire, fierce. And that's not really an answer, was it?
1: No, I love that answer. I mean, what I took from it is. Matilda Coy says that in your school systems, <laughs> I mean, no, I'm 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 being facetious, but like what there isn't in the curriculum is space for vulnerability. <laughs> like kids mm-hmm. can like hurt their legs and whatever, and they get, you mm. know, pats on the back or some band-aids. And obviously teachers are very, hopefully very compassionate and empathetic, but the curriculum doesn't support you know, a space for this sort of conversation. And I think, like you right. said, the ability to have a trauma-informed practice that is just about listening and teaching, not only teaching that to them, but then allowing that to have them, have that with each other. Like, mm. you know, the consent going to make a huge impact because it means we're going to have to start talking about, like, it, maybe it's like starting here, you know, let's start talking about consent, which means that we need to talk about communication. Which means we need mm. to talk about like how do we have boundaries for interaction? How do we have boundaries? How, and that and that's like maybe we, our curriculum's not there yet. Like we need to go back down and say shit. This is coming in. Consent conversations are about to start in this curriculum. We need a curriculum that holds space to get them prepared to be able to have those conversations. Because mm. otherwise, you just throw more curriculum at kids that they're like, well, we just finished uh, doing the little loopies on our G's. You know,
0: yeah. Rather um, than like, you need to treat the, the cause, not the symptom.
1: Yeah, and and we've got a mutual friend is is a brand new teacher, and she's doing incredible things. But it's on her terms. She's making things happen, Lauren. Mm. Um, she's making things happen in their classroom that are about feelings and what makes a good classroom, and what happens when we take right. some of that away, and just all that really healthy mental health boundaries, communication, how to be a good person stuff. That's not in the freaking curriculum, and no. Like you, you said, we need space for that. So it is a good answer. And I love that answer. See, I
0: just needed that validation, I think.
1: Maybe. I mean, you back yourself, you, you nail it. It doesn't have to be complicated. That's the thing. The school mm. system, whoever writes the curriculum, like, okay, what do we throw in this year? We need something playful. We need the dog. Oh, I'm going to talk about the dog. The dog's the main character. lives on a farm. Like, there are like 50 people writing this curriculum, <laughs> probably more, going, yeah, then that. What do they learn? Oh, shit. I don't know. Math, maybe. <laughs> um, whereas this is, it's, it doesn't have to be complicated. It's a simple, simple, hold the spaces from people to be able to have connection. Yeah, Pick. for sure. Oh, man. Pick. Feel good. Good. fun. <laughs> so, Matilda, what's next? What's next for the the future what's up and coming um Ooh, is so
0: <laughs> <huh>? <laughs>
1: is that top secret i don't know it's so exclusive
0: i mean it's kind of like i don't want to like you know yeah, have, I mean, give that. everything away it's a little top secret but i can be vague and still like have a bit of a teaser yeah be vague be vague um well so like this year the georgie collective um is, is still, we're still going to do the digital offering because I think that that's important because it does give accessibility to people that aren't based in Sydney. Um, so that's Tell me more, tell me still... more about that
1: because I saw what you did post and just give people a quick uh, summary of what that, what that is.
0: Oh, the International Women's Day thing?
1: Well, yeah, I said, that's what you mean, like a digital...
0: <laughs> yeah, so basically to date I've done like, digital like zoom sessions which are like workshops where people dial in and we run through um, exercises and then for this international women's day i built oh i don't even know if i could talk about this and like not laugh um so cool (laughs) i built like a uh, it's called the georgie collective digital haven and it's just a space in the metaverse which has Commentary around International Women's Day, as well as what we're about and our ethos, as well as some like little tasks for people to do just at their leisure around, you know, gratitude and homework and you know, self worth and stuff like that. So really, just trying to bring what I do into a space that people can kind of touch on and go to whenever they can. Um, so that's going to be there permanently. I'm not, I haven't really quite worked out if I'm going to do, if I'm going to continue to build on that as a resource um, and continue to flesh it out. Um, It's not necessarily the thing that I'm really passionate about. I think it's good to have that as a space, um, Mm -hmm. as an education kind of world, but to really do the connection, it is about the events. So, um, yeah, I've got one coming up, which will be in May. But I don't really want to say much else about that.
1: What would you say? I'm just going to pull this out of you. What would you say that the goal of it is for women or for you without giving? Well,
0: no, it's (laughs) no, I think the thing that's really important is it's actually not about me at all. And I think as much as, Georgie was the catalyst. It's not about me or it's not about Georgie. It's not about any real individual. It's about everyone as the collective. So it's building that connection. I think sharing the space with people and making the connections across like the multi-generational angle, I think is really important. And especially not just meeting women from different ages and demographics that aren't just like your business mentor, but they're just meeting as like a person to person, human to human, let's talk and connect. And there's so much value in the women that we learn from. And I've, I've been working with this incredible woman, Nathy, who helps me with these events. She's a facilitator and a, a really good friend of mine. And I started working for her. I was her PA when I was at uni. And then now we kind of like, she's helping me with these events. And I think that like, Cherishing that friendship is, like, a testament to what I want to be doing. Like, I really want to continue to just build yeah. the community and the collective and take up space because we really need it and we've come a long way, but it, we're still not where we need to be or where we should be. So,
1: yeah. You, I think when we were talking before we've been chatting this week, I loved it when you said um, the connection is the, it's the way we get well. Like that's the way we yeah. get well. And I just, that's mm. so simple, but it's so amazing. It's so true. And I think everything you just said sort of summarizes that. It's, you're living the, the way that, that creates it and then are providing it for others as well. And that's just so exciting. And empowering, I think, is the way that comes to mind. And I love it. I love it. Love what you're doing, and I
0: think thanks, Jackson. Um, <laughs> but I also think like I'm aware that like it wouldn't, these community, this collective of women, you know, wouldn't have necessarily changed the outcome of what happened with Georgie, but it couldn't have hurt. Like, yeah. having that supportive network of women that are always there and have different life experiences that don't make you feel so alone but make you feel seen and invigorated by being around each other, like, it just wouldn't have hurt, you know? Yeah.
1: You're right. There's so much power in, in coming together in, and like you said, finding and building the space and taking it up is what's going to be able to do that. Oh, I feel so much love and joy having you here. Um, Where can people go and, like, be a part of this? How can the women listeners connect with you?
0: Um, So uh, you can find me on the socials, the Georgie Collective. And to join the collective, you just go onto the website, which is all in my socials, and it's thegeorgiecollective.com.au. And you can yeah join the collective there and then that will update you on the invites for the events and what's kind of up and coming yeah. and that's that's probably the easiest way to keep up to date with what's going on but give us a follow
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I, that, <laughs> um, I put it on my website as well on my show notes um, and some links there and if I don't know if if I can if but if I can put the little digital, metaverse um awesome gallery thing that i briefly saw that looks insane it looks awesome um i don't know maybe, maybe <laughs> can i link to that i would love to link to that on my website yeah, for yeah sure. awesome and for sure show notes but yeah um
0: also show notes is my favorite thing
1: that's so good like, no, oh I would put a link up. in
0: the show notes i'm like that's my favorite thing ever because it also makes me think that i'm like teleported to a broadway show And, like, I'm in a show and people are like giving me notes, and they're like, oh, here are your show notes.
1: You know, don't do so
0: many jazz hands.
1: (laughs) What? (laughs) This is the Matilda and Jackson show. There's got to be some notes. Uh, (laughs) There's going to be some notes for sure. Um, But yes, thank you so much. I'm sure we could talk for hours. I'm sure I'll see you very soon. And um, it's been a pleasure to have you and talk finally.
0: Jackson, thank you. And I really, really genuinely appreciate what you're doing. I think it's amazing. You're amazing.
1: Thank you. <laughs> so it's that time again, the Reason With Me podcast, Love Letters. Now, a few people have asked, what's what's the song about medicine and heartache um, at the start in the intro? And it's Justin Timberlake, one of my favourites. It's called Drink You Away. Um, yeah, do they make a medicine for heartache? I think it's so appropriate in what we have been talking about um, and what we continue to talk about at The Reason With Me podcast. And every time I hear this song, it just it resonates, and hits home, and we do a lot of things when we're in pain and we do anything to try and prevent heartache. But, yeah, this song's a vibe and, yeah, it gets me in the feel. So check it out. Again, lots of music about feelings and holding some space for yourself to get into the emotional song and of things yeah see you guys next week do you want to find out more about how therapy can help you kick some goals go check out findreasontherapy.com.au or the find reason therapy is